This is the St. Luligan Podcast Network. And this is Christina, and you're listening to Wannabe Fans, a podcast for wannabe fans of St. Louis City SC. Today we have a very special episode for all of you. We have Valerie and Danielle from St. Louis City Punks, who are also the leaders of the Riot Girls, joining us for this episode. Hi, Anna Maria. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Okay. So, Valerie, could you tell us a little bit about how long you've been involved in soccer and what you're up to? Sure. So, I started going to soccer games really. My husband played soccer in high school and was very involved in the sport, played some indoor soccer. So, I went to a lot of those uh, type games. And then we also went to some of the minor leagues around St. Louis, the St. Louis. Um, FC games we went to quite a bit. We were not really part of the supporters groups at that time. We just got tickets here and there and tended to sit in the bleachers close to the supporters groups that were there. But it's just it, it's just a really fantastic game. I um, took to soccer really well. I actually started as more of a hockey fan than a soccer fan. Um, I was a season ticket holder in high school. Like I used my own money to buy season tickets in, for hockey in high school, um, which was a big thing for me. So I got my husband more into hockey and he got me more into soccer. And I feel like it has been an excellent trade-off. So with the excitement of getting a new MLS team in St. Louis, um, our fandom has grown even stronger. And then we got involved in some of the Luligan stuff, the supporters group slightly, and then the punks started and we absolutely loved what the St. Louis City punks were doing. And uh, my husband and I became officers with that supporters group and uh, Danielle maybe voluntold me to be a Riot Girls leader. And I absolutely love um, everything about that. And so we can talk more about that too. Okay, well, let's give Danielle yep. a chance to introduce herself first. So go ahead, Danielle, the floor is yours. Awesome, thanks. Uh, so yeah, Danielle, uh, one of the, I guess, founders of St. Louis City Punks and, and Riot Girls. Um, I am really pretty new to soccer in general. Um, I was a tennis, like tennis was the only sport that I ever watched really prior to this. I would go to games like hockey games or baseball games, but really just for the, you know, real game live experience. Um, and now through the pandemic, my uh, partner and I, Andy, we found um, that we really enjoyed watching soccer. We started watching more premier league when that was back on and um, kind of got into that because we had played some FIFA <laughs> and um, <laughs> we we kind of are like the hometown sports people who will mm -hmm. go to the games to support the teams in town. And um, with the MLS team coming, we were like, maybe we should get tickets, support this, you know, from the jump. And 
we decided to get supporter section tickets and he told me what I was in for with supporter <laughs> section. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, I'll do it for a season. And you know, if I don't like it, I don't have to do it again. I fully expected myself to be like the person who was like, does anyone want this ticket this week? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then I just started falling in love with it. Like, I think, yep. you know, the, the game is, it is beautiful to watch. Like the, it is um, really, it keeps you interested the whole time. The movement the whole time is important to me. And I think that that's part of, you know, what I like about tennis too, is that there's constant movement on the, on the, mm -hmm. you know, in the area where they're playing. Um, and then Andy uh, on Valentine's day, like last year, actually, decided that the four of us who had season tickets uh, should have a Twitter account. And that's actually how uh, St. Louis City Punk started, is that he just... Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we, like, we knew that there, the Luligans existed and that that supporter culture had been around for a while. And we recognized in ourselves that we didn't have that same history. And so we were like, what if we just like had a couple people and we did this ourselves and we always wear the battle vests, like the denim vests as a, as a group. So, um, yeah, it was like accidentally. And then it became on purpose very quick when we saw that we were getting like followers in the community and the club, we were like, Oh, I guess we are doing this now. And we just kind of committed to it. And then as we got going, I recognized that there were very few female people like, or um, non-binary folks like joining our, joining up i noticed when we went to city two games like the fans are primarily um men it's definitely male dominated and i was like okay as a female leader of this group even though i'm new and i'm learning and i'm figuring it all out i was like you know we have to ha make sure there's space for people who want to be more comfortable and that was yep when i decided one morning i was like i guess we're gonna do riot girls and started a twitter account <laughs> <laughs> So this is very much how it works in, in our houses. We just start social media accounts and then, you know, make it work. I love it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And so, and the punks um, also, you know, it stems out of concert culture and music and things like they're friends that went back a long time. And um, when we first heard about you guys, we were like, oh man, that seems totally our vibe. Like we've been going to concerts and crappy venues around St. Louis for years and years. <laughs> like I'm sure we've seen them around before this soccer stuff. So, um, and then everything that the punks and the riot girls stand for of what we're supporting in the St. Louis community spoke a lot to us as well. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, as much as it's accidental, there's also like a method to the madness. I think, um, like Valerie said, we've, it's a group of friends. It's actually really Andy's friends primarily that started. So Rob and Brandon are the two other founders and Andy, Rob and Brandon have known each other for like 20 something years. Wow. So they, they've known each other longer than I've known Andy. That friendship, you know, they bonded a lot over music. I think Brandon and Rob are both into soccer a little bit, like kind of, you know, casual fans. And then this kind of made them be like, okay, we're, we're full blown into this, uh, whole thing. And so, um, that sense of like friendship and partnership, like that is also what the punks and riot girls are about. So as we've been building this, 
a couple of the things that we've really tried to instill are like, what does this mean to us? Like it's personal for us. Like it is a community. Mm -hmm. We want to be friends with our members. We want people, we want to have good people. We want to have folks who have similar values and ethics and, and want to enjoy the game. And then also that concert piece, like we wanted to be true to our own history. Right. And so we enjoy soccer, we enjoy music. And so we kind of built it around that. And those are two things that have helped us with our own mental health and wellness over the years too. So like soccer, kind of that hope of looking forward to the MLS team here kind of brought us out of a funk, like that cave syndrome that we've all mm -hmm. kind of given ourselves yeah, in the, the pandemic. pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we wanted to focus on that. And then um, we know that peer to peer is a good suicide prevention method. So that was a huge thing for us. So that's why we support the causes that we support. Could you tell us just a little bit more about the causes that you support? Because you've kind of alluded to them, but <laughs> yeah. I know that you have a bit of a slogan. You've got like a whole like build up around that. So mm -hmm. can you guys talk about that for a little bit? Sure. So our charity for this year that all of our merch proceeds go to is NAMI St. Louis, which is the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And they do just phenomenal work in the St. Louis area to really, they do a lot of education around mental illness and um, provide resources for how you talk to friends, talk to people in your life. Um, and they just, they're a phenomenal organization that we're really, really excited to support this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, our whole thing is walk among us. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that you know, you don't ever have to go it alone. One of the, like our, our premier league team in my house is Liverpool and they have, you'll never walk alone. And so that is like, you know, I, it's, it's a tearjerker for me anytime I hear it, but um, that mentality of like, you are here with your people when you're with us, yeah. like that is something that we wanted to carry forward in this community. And so um, community yeah. is a number one thing that can help people who are going through a hard time um, emotionally, mentally. And I struggle with mental health. Like I've struggled with anxiety and depression and social anxiety in particular. So it's very weird that I'm running <laughs> this thing. <laughs> um, it forces me out of my shell a little bit, but um, like the goodness that comes from it is so positive. And like seeing uh, people in our uh, like discord interact with each other and just feel like they're with their people is kind of nice. And then seeing that in person at the games is like, oh my gosh, we're doing something really cool here. <laughs> yeah. And I think it just really highlights that everyone has a place in this world, you know, like whether your people are sports fans or go to art gallery openings or whatever, there's people out there like you who want to build a community. So creating this group really just highlights that, that people can find their place. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Yeah, that's really important. Um, I think that community building efforts can be like really, really tough. Yeah. And it's very cool that you, you've been able to create this niche that really speaks to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's one of my favorite parts about soccer is that it's very like community oriented. And I think that like everything being like downtown yeah. and in that area, like there's so many people and so many opportunities for community, for people to get involved, for people to learn about what you're supporting. And 
um, to get connected to resources. And I think that's huge. Um, and, and I love that about soccer. I think that it's very much like a community oriented sport. I mean, that even the concept of a supporter section and a supporters group, like even if it's not all one and there's, mul you know, there's multiple, like they're all like meeting a need. And I think people feel welcome wherever they, wherever they land. Um, and that to me is really cool. Then after the pandemic or, I mean, I guess technically we're still, we're still kind of yeah. fighting through the trenches. <laughs> technically, so yeah. uh, technically speaking, but I think people needed that. And I know for me, like when USL, when we, you know, that that season ended and then we knew we were going to have, you know, a couple of years before we were going to have soccer again, mm -hmm. like it was one thing to watch Premier League and to get connected, um, you know, go to the Amsterdam or whatever. But there's just like nothing that compares to actually being in your own, like with your own people and watching soccer in like that environment. So super cool. Yeah. I'm just... I'm excited. Um, yeah, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, we went to the last um, FC game in Louisville. And like, yeah. I remember I was just crying afterwards. Like, it was a heartbreaking game, but it was more just like, it was sad. Like, I'm getting emotional right now. That's so yeah. stupid. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, Feel your feelings. But, like, <laughs> but, you know, like, but there was something to look forward to. And we have built so much joy around this. It's been really beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, even in those two years where we didn't have soccer, I mean, I remember crying. I was crying. There's mm -hmm. photo evidence of me crying. <laughs> in the stand. Like every, there are people cheering and then there are people crying. I was in the crying section, but to me, like the community, the friendships, the, the sport itself, like really loving the players. I mean, you almost felt yeah. like you knew them. I mean, every time that you won or you lost, they were coming to the corner. You got to meet them. You got to like celebrate with them or, you know, just be like better luck next time, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But it was all, it all felt like this big thing was coming to an end and I didn't know what it was going to be like coming into MLS and being on a, like a bigger platform yeah. if it was going to be, you know, not the same and it was going to be disorienting. So it kind of felt like a huge loss. And then you had to drive, well, we had to drive home and that was awful. Mm -hmm. But I, I was so sad. Um, and then like coming back into it, um, like after all these years or the couple of years of, you know, quarantine and kind of being isolated, like my mental health took a huge dip. And I also lost like the, you know, social, I don't know how to, what would you call it? like the social awareness, intelligence? I don't know how to like relate to people. Emotional how to talk intelligence. To Emotional yeah. intelligence. Mm -hmm. I felt like that collapsed because I just took everything and put it into like my work. And so now coming back, having relationships with people and like it not being surrounded by work or talking about the, you know, the pandemic, it's like very good, very refreshing. Mm -hmm. And also I, fell back in love with the sport. I mean, it's one thing to watch premiere. Like I do enjoy it. And yeah. um, Jeff would be very, my fiance would be super excited to know we have a Liverpool supporter here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that it's been really amazing getting back into it and remembering how much like I love the sport. And how, yeah, I, again, I keep coming back to the word joy. It's just so yeah. joyful to feel that energy, see the team celebrate with us. Like there's just so much joy. I don't yeah. think there's anything really comparable to it um, in other sports. Like no. I did not expect it to be this like 
emotional too. Like, yeah, the whole like there's no crying in baseball thing from League of Their Own. Like, there's crying in soccer. Definitely crying. Absolutely. In <laughs> I mean, yes, and there really is nothing like it. And even if you don't know the sport, like I, I, I think it was the last, the home opener. Obviously, we only had one home match. <laughs> <laughs> um, but two of my friends came, and they had never been to a soccer match, and they were just like, "This is amazing!" Like they had the best time, and they videoed every single chant, and they were having the best time and it's like doesn't matter if you're new or if you've been into soccer forever like there's a place for you like you will find something that you're excited about in this you know in this sport and so really mm -hmm. cool um excited to to keep you know being involved with with this group so. so kind of going off of that we're we're talking about kind of niches and how people can fit into fandoms in general. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Riot Girls specifically and what that space is meant to do for people? What is that niche? Sure. Yeah. So um, with, with being part of St. Louis City Punks, I wanted to kind of fit into, you know, the culture of the group and kind of riff on the music piece too. So when I kind of spun this up, I selected Riot Girls, which is, you know, kind of a punk uh, feminist movement that happened in the 90s. And um, you know, for, for all that feminism has lacked over the years, this is not that type of feminism. Um, the, the idea behind it is to make sure that our female members are taken care of, that our female members feel comfortable around our group um, and in the stands with us, um, and that we have a place for, you know, folks who maybe even non-binary, different groups of folks, LGBTQ. Um, so this is kind of the first you know, smaller niche within the punks that we're, we're trying to kind of step into the space of making sure we have equitable community for, for everyone. Um, with Riot Girls, though, I think it also lets me be like a, the political nerd that I am sometimes, <laughs> too, if I'm being honest. Like, there's some selfishness uh, to that. Like, there's so much going on in the world that, um, for me, like, we didn't want to be overly political with the main group, but it gives me an opportunity to also lean in around issues for um, women and people capable of pregnancy in this like post row world that we find ourselves in too. Um, and so I get to kind of give some social media space to those elements as well. Um, so it was important for me to be able to do that, to kind of put my own spin on this group because I'm, a little bit more of a casual fan. I'm becoming a hardcore fan. I don't know things about stats, all of that fun stuff, but That's this, fine. yeah, this yeah. is a way for That's me fine. to like be the fan that I am and then also bring myself to it and make sure that I'm authentic in leading the group so that other people can be authentic in the group. What I love about that is you said that the other three founding members of the punks have known each other for longer than you've known them, mm -hmm. but you're managing to kind of create space for yourself and for others that isn't that like compliments mm -hmm. like they're doing too, yeah. you know, like it's, um, you're all kind of working together and, but you're not, you're not being shut out of it. You're being like embraced into it in your own way. Right. We don't all have to fit the same mold. Right. Yeah. We can again, find things we have in common, but then highlight our own authenticity. Yeah. I love it. And I'm hoping that it also gives me space to learn more about like the women's part of, of the sport. Um, and you know, that's like an, a personal learning journey that I have. And like, I think Valerie is going to be really a helpful peer for that reason too. And, and we have some other 
uh, folks in the group who consider themselves riot girls who have been around a little bit longer um, and who know more about uh, the sport than I do. And so I think it gives us a place to like learn from each other too, which is great. We have like a private riot girls channel in the discord so that <laughs> we can like separate our conversation from like whatever other chaos is going on with the, with, with m the mostly dudes who <laughs> exist in our group. So it's kind of nice to have that segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Last night was the second home game for St. Louis City SC, and I think we were all there. So yep. yeah, 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 we were all there. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about like our experiences of being there, and you know how we're doing as a team, and that sort of thing. Christina, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it was cold. Yes. <laughs> so if you were there, and you cold. were a true no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cold, and it was tough to get there and you know actually be there uh for the team because i was like i just want to stay home i want to stay where it's warm under blankets but i knew it was important to come out um and and i was happy to uh, i guess we can start with you know the pre-match festivities anything that like i don't i don't have any tales from the tailgate this week no nothing no. nothing really happened no tales from the tailgate tales no the tailgate. no tales from the tailgate <laughs> yeah no last time um there was a interaction that i had that we thought was kind of kind of funny but um yeah i didn't notice anything uh out of the norm i think we were we all also got there of, late we did mm -hmm. we got there late and we all just kind of huddled together and uh i think that there were a lot more opportunities to like grab a drink or do what you need to do and that was nice but i don't know did you guys have any yeah we got there at 2 30 in the afternoon <laughs> to like set up oh, our, our merch tent and everything and um our tales from the tailgate is that it was super windy, which means it's really difficult to put a tent up yeah. and have oh. things on tables that aren't going to blow away. Mm -hmm. So um, we had to get like crafty with some binder clips yeah. and um, <laughs> like basically tie everything down. We yeah, had... we had ratchet straps that we tied the tent down to like parking meters and things along there <laughs> so that it wouldn't lift up the ground. <laughs> We put um, our wall of our tent folded up and somebody threw in a bunch of water bottles into yeah. it to like weight it down mm -hmm. so that it wouldn't fly around everywhere. It was it was definitely some crafty uh, ingenuity to make that street party work. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Sounds like y'all are pretty clever to use what you have. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. probably for the best that neither of the engineers uh, that are around, that our officers were there because they would have been like, what is what happening? Are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, we made it work, which is really the whole theme of this entire SG. Yeah. <laughs> we will make it work. No, um, but I mean, yeah, it was freezing. I, my tale from the tailgate is that I went and sat in my car with it running for a good there. 20 minutes just to warm up. And I feel like I should reach out to Hot Hands for sponsorship for the amount of Hot Hands that I used yesterday. Okay. So that I my... have them everywhere. They were so great. That was my first time using Hot oh Hands. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, yeah, seriously. I, I don't know. I never grew up with them or anything. This is my first time using them. And I was like, these are wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are these? How come I didn't know these existed? 
existed. Yeah, my yeah. dad was in construction, so he had hot hands, and we used to like steal them and take them to school and stuff. We thought they were awesome, but yeah, they they were the the MVP. Yeah, um, MVP last night was the hot <laughs> hands for sure. Yeah. But yeah, the street party wasn't as crowded as it was for the home opener. Obviously, it was cold. And right. I think there, you know, the excitement of the first home opener is a little you know, similar to like the Cardinals opening day is like a city holiday. The mm -hmm. opening is a little bit different than um, the second game. So there weren't as many people, but there was still a great turnout. A lot of people excited to be downtown. Um, I think the March went pretty great. Um, I left the March yeah. to go in early so that I could use the facilities, yeah. <laughs> um, which is like not becoming yeah, totally an uncommon fine. thing. Yeah. Like with this game is like, you're at the street party and then you're like, oh, I forgot to take care of myself. Yeah. So much to do. I, my, my only complaint about the March is it felt like it was longer this time. And I don't know if it was actually longer. It, or it wasn't was, actually longer. It wasn't. Okay. Um, it was just cold. Yeah. It was just cold. And I think like, we weren't as bunched like mm, so yeah. like the the amount of people stretched further so then we couldn't really hear the drums in the front so i think there was a lot of miscommunicate like i didn't know what chant we were supposed to be doing some of the time and i think that was a little bit confusing just because we you know, stretched further yeah so but and i think last we'll figure time it out. they like they kind of spread out they yeah went, and they kind of like went in different sections of the the walk so that you could hear them mm -hmm. but yeah. i don't know if it was like the wind and it was cold and i don't think people were i think people were just ready to get inside yeah. so it was just yeah, yeah one of uh <laughs> one of our leaders was like i was carrying the riot girls flag for in the march and one of our leaders was like all of a sudden the riot girls flag was just like going like you were like <laughs> so far ahead of the rest of us and i was like I was cold. Like, right. I to exactly. like, I didn't so know what I was doing, walking. but I, apparently it was power walking with that yeah, flag. Yeah, light was kicking in, and <laughs> yeah. it was like, I just yeah. need to not be cold. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, Florida Noise and, you know, the folks with the drums and, and the megaphones, like, they're doing a good job. I think great they've job. definitely mm -hmm. been talking about splitting up to have, like, a second drum line in, um, from what I understand, and, you know, I'm sure they'll speak to that at some point, but... Um, having everyone spread out and, and kind of figure that out, I'm sure it's going to be a day of thing, like for the first couple of games and then we'll get into a group with yep. it. But, um, I think they're doing a fantastic job so far. And, um, from what I could see with the March, like you could tell everyone was cold because usually they'll like huddle up when they get into the stadium. And like, I was standing there like trying to direct people in the right way. And they're just like, we're just going out of the wind. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. just going in. See you later. <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah, that that's the other piece that the the walk in the march is so big in comparison to what like I'm used to seeing, and so it's hard because you have to basically like get everybody in the gate, and then you march together. So some people are not making it to that part. Some people are going ahead. It is what it is. But it's like I get it. It's it's tricky. There's a lot of people, and um, mm -hmm. you also need to actually get the drums and everything into the stadium set up so that you can you know do the chants. Um, but yeah, I think people like priority one and was getting out of the cold, and so I think it'll it'll be different. And I'm excited to see how we handle the like hundred degree weather. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like not looking forward to that, and I'm but I'm thinking like 
I'll at when it's a hundred degrees, I'll be remembering how much how nice it was when I was freezing. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but Fleur de Noise, if you're listening, please make it a short march. Thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I want to get some like Riot Girls handheld fans or something mm-hmm. for those. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I love a I love a hand fan. Love a it does fan. it does so much good work. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. the opposite of hot hands. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I just always need a Poutremont to keep my my temperature correct. <laughs> For oh here for the gosh. accessories. Yeah. Here for the accessories. <laughs> we have something to look forward to now. Yeah. So when we when the game actually started, mm-hmm. um, this is the first time that we've led. Yeah. Yeah. We did not go down a goal. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was really not exciting. expecting. Yeah, I was not expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> Berkey had some incredible saves. Like there was one that he just seemed to be like in the right place that it wasn't that incredible. It didn't look like it was that incredible of a save, but just watching him follow the play, he's just paying so much attention Mm -hmm. and really made some great saves for us not to be down to start with. Yeah, Yeah, he did. He got his first clean sheet. I'm so happy for him. I feel like he has hit between him and Klaus. It seems like they have so much energy. It's almost like you can't stop watching them because they're just so into it and i and klaus's face his smile yeah. is so giant like it's yes. adorable yeah. yeah you can just see it from miles like, uh-huh. not miles away but you know yeah. from across the, the whole pitch you can yeah. see it well yeah. you also see the other side when he's clearly like frustrated or upset mm-hmm. yeah he's very expressive he and he's easy to follow and i something i noticed last night is that this team and Klaus in particular, but I think everyone kind of follows the same thing. They, they're very opportunistic, like in that they yeah, find nice. these like yeah. moments where that I've never seen it like that before. And maybe I just haven't noticed. Yeah, and but it's a unique style of play that yeah. City does is that pressing style that just finds those weird, you know, a lot of the national coverage of the team has been like, Oh, St. Louis got lucky again. No, yeah, we no. created those opportunities. Yeah, like, we're yeah. doing and things to make those happen. I think the fact that we're the only team that's had four yep. so far this season and Undefeated. in MLS Undefeated. history yeah. for an expansion <laughs> team, like, I think that that's not luck. Correct. Yeah. That's no. not luck. And so people were saying, even after the third game, oh, they're just still getting lucky. It's just mm-hmm. who they face. It's the opportunities that have been gifted to them. But it's like we took advantage of those gifts. Exactly. Yeah. You can be gifted something and completely bungle it. Correct. Yeah. We yeah. capitalized on those those opportunities mm-hmm. and we were actually able to score a goal. Like mm-hmm. we were scoring goals. Yeah. And that doesn't just happen by luck. And sometimes, you know, like the common like term is like unlucky, lucky um, as far as goal scoring or whatever. But it's like they even said last night because I did get to watch the replay, um, even though Apple is not giving us the full match to watch but they were saying you know it's no longer luck like this yeah. is like they are actually like doing this with skill and capitalizing on those opportunities it's really cool to see um yeah yeah this team is is gifted and they have this level of they're playing with this level of grit yeah. That yeah i think is actually like really lovely for st louis too because i think of st louis as like this gritty city around kind of um, an underdog yeah we just do amazing things yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like 
I love this team for this city. And I think I was reading a little bit online this morning since we didn't get our full replay. Um, <laughs> I was reading a little bit. And I think like Lutz even said that he felt like this was like their best performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, in looking at the way that the team handled themselves, like it is, they play with grit. They have a level of organized chaos, which is, I think, another way that he's described mm -hmm. the style of play that he wants to see. And like this team is delivering on all of that so far. Yeah. And the fact that they're undefeated, like, welcome to MLS St. Louis City. <laughs> yeah. A great welcoming. So, yeah. And, and now, and now that we've seen, like, we've won our first four matches and we've gone through all the, you know, the narratives about we're just lucky or, you know, we're about to play some teams that are actually going to show us you know, that we're not the best in the league. So I'm, I'm curious as to how we're going to respond in those times where maybe we draw or we lose and what kind of, I don't know, how are we going to respond to that? Because right now we're kind of riding on a high. And I think after the third match, I was like, I'm going to keep riding the high. Like, I'm not going to sit back and think like, well, we, we're probably going to lose eventually. But now that we're, you know, after match four like what I'm just really curious to see how we're going to respond I think that even when we lose it's going to feel if we continue the sort of trajectory where we're doing this well and we're playing the way that we've been playing even if we lose it's going to feel more like a one-off like oh they're going to get it next time yeah. versus like the world crashing down around us mm -hmm. I agree yeah, I agree with that completely. And I think, you know, like, again, it's possible that our national coverage will change again yes. if we lose. But I don't think that's going to change the attitudes of the club, the team, the coaches, or the fans. Like, again, I think soccer is so special with our fans that it's more about the experience and just enjoying. And it doesn't frankly matter to me if we win or lose like I want to win so I can watch more soccer like exactly. in playoffs and things <laughs> like that but yeah. I mean it I don't think a couple of losses is going to change the energy no. no I just think I've watched too much like Ted Lasso that I like <laughs> that I invest in in the players and their happiness yeah <laughs> and I want them to be I want them to win not because it does something for me but because I feel like it does something for them yeah. and I don't want I mean but I I know that they obviously have the capability to to like respond to a loss and it's not gonna be the end of the world like Anna Maria said but yeah. I have watched too much Ted Lasso and maybe I'm just like over investing I, I may be like a little bit more of a cynic here like I I think like I don't think it's gonna shake the energy and I don't think it's gonna shake the fans or the team, I think they're going to, you know, they're professionals, they're going to get back up and do their thing, like, but it is going to feel, like, slightly devastating, like, when there's a loss or a draw, because we're riding this high of energy, mm. um, I just, I feel like it'll, it'll be, like, a heavy heart type of, like, devastating, not necessarily, like, a taking anything away from it, um, that's that's too serious but like I feel like it'll, it'll just feel sad and like there's so much joy so far like yeah, you were talking yeah. about joy earlier and like I want that to keep going so like those I, moments I agree with you but I don't think it'll keep us down <laughs> no yeah. no we'll come back no. it's that grit, <laughs> that grit. <laughs> yes we'll just yes. recalibrate and yeah. that's I mean I've, I've watched our like SCLFC, I watched us lose, and they like the team and the supporters. Like, 
super supportive through all of that. And we just recalibrate and mm -hmm. Yeah, when City so Two lost yeah. the championship this past year, like yeah. we still partied afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like we still had so much fun. Like oh yeah, yeah. there was nothing like a, an after, like a lost party. <laughs> it, they're they're just as good. I just thought that would be interesting, but we don't know yet because we haven't lost. Correct. <laughs> we have not. Yeah. Only undefeated teams. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that when we do lose, I hope that it's I hope it's away, not home. Oh. Like for some reason in my head, that seems like it'll feel better if yeah. it happens yeah. somewhere else versus here. Mm -hmm. Plus, then I won't be there, so then it, it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> we play we play the Sounders away soon. That's going to be a tough game for us. That's That's last the, our last home game, I think, too, or their last are they? game. I yeah, remember. I gotta look at the. I would have to look at the schedule for that. But I do. We play them twice, I think, mm -hmm. and I'm nervous about that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, LAFC. Yeah. LAFC. Well, but that's just like the general narrative is that they're the they're a contender. You're right. right. I think the Sounders are going to be. They won, didn't they? Last, last year, year. LAFC against yeah. Philadelphia. I mean, so, Boston yeah. was supposed to be a huge contender this year, and that's, that's not true. working out for them so far. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, what you're saying is that all of the people covering this so far have been wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shocking. <laughs> well, remember when they didn't even have a, a, a prediction? For where we were going to land at the end of the the season, they mm -hmm. were just they were like, nope, we don't even think they're gonna make it. Yep. So even at this point, I don't know if we would be able to make it to the the bottom of the table with the. Still a lot of games to play. No, but, yeah. games no we have was, to really change up everything. I was yeah it reading though that like you have to isn't there like a certain amount of wins that kind of like guarantee you spots like statistically. I, I don't know if I'm, what I'm talking about here. Yeah, I think so. I but was reading it's, something. It's, I don't. I don't know the MLS rules well enough to be able to tell you what what they were saying. Mm -hmm. But it's, it, it's not four. It's yeah, it's not four. Time. But like <laughs> yeah, yeah. every win that we have mm -hmm. kind of helps us out on yeah. that trajectory. This mm -hmm. is so, absolutely. So I think you know what they were saying earlier on Discord was you know even the lowest scoring team that made it to the playoffs last year only won a certain number of games. Maybe it was like 11 or 12. Obviously this has to be fact-checked because I'm not the stats person, but <laughs> no, they said that last night they mentioned that um, we were talking with some people and they were saying that um, like based on the points at this, like winning four and then our current points uh, like we wouldn't statistically have, the chance of being at the very bottom of the table okay. now not saying that we're going to win it all or that we're going to be at the top of the table but i think at this point where we were predicted to be at the very bottom of the table i don't know it'd be hard to it'd be that. hard yeah. it'd be hard for that to happen at this point but that's also dependent on other teams and how they play mm -hmm. and and their points as well so um but I'm not super familiar, and honestly, I don't get really familiar with this kind of stuff because I'm like, it is what it is. I'm yeah, there for the, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. take it more game by game. I'm there I just, for the ride. I just, yeah. I just liked that we started off, you know, not even having a prediction, and then winning the first four was pretty cool. But otherwise, I'm like, it is, it is what it is. Either way, like we're we're scoring well in every game. Yeah. Like even the games where we, you know, didn't start the game off. Or where we started behind, and then this game, 
like we scored and we kept scoring and San Jose didn't score anything. So <laughs> I, I said, that is a perfect yeah, recap. Of the- <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you need all the stats. We're just going to cut that part out and we're just going to say, this That's is it. a recap of the match. <laughs> for anyone who didn't catch it. I also, I also think it was funny because um, like, it was really cold, and we were we had talked before we started recording about how that might have affected San Jose. Oh yeah, San Jose hasn't played anywhere cold yet. I yeah, mean, their home isn't cold. I I don't remember, I, but I looked at this before we like earlier this week of who where they've traveled, where their away games were, and it was all warm places. So yeah, had this and like Minnesota been swapped, you know, yeah, maybe knows? it would have been a little different. I have no idea. But yeah, they were probably very, very cold. <laughs> Do you think that accounts yeah. for like all of the yellow cards? Or that's, no. exactly, that's what you said earlier. No, I was thinking no. they just had a lot of pent up rage from being freezing. That they were like, let's just start fighting people. Um, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, no, which also leads to the the referee, but we, we usually bring up the referee only because after the first match, we were we were uh, fixated on, on Uncle. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ted Uncle, I think. Ted Uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because he had the challenge of trying to, like, kind of herd cats with the with, uh, them, Charlotte, and, Charlotte us, yeah. and us. But now we're seeing that it's not really the same, you know, in the last two matches they've been less. Yeah, I don't know if it's because the players – weren't being as chaotic and cat-like or if it was <laughs> <laughs> uncle was pissed yeah he if definitely didn't look like it but like the last two games the 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 referees just kind of like would tell them to do something and they kind of just did it and there wasn't this they would do something and then as soon as the referee turned away they would go do something else and the referee had to come back and bring him back like it was the inaugural home opener yeah so the referee last night was just like very much this is what it's going to be and yeah. that's how it's going to be. And yeah. that's, that seems like that's what happened. Um, San Jose got five yellow cards. Yeah. I think uh, maybe more than no, that. They, Again, they got I'm one. not the stats person. Eight? <laughs> eight? Eight? Yeah. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm double checking. Was it eight fouls or eight yellow cards? The it's fouls numbered. Five. Okay. Uh, five, five yellow cards. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So my, five yeah. yellow cards. But there was like it's 17 five. fouls or something. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. 16 fouls. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. And it's crazy because to me, I have a really hard time like deciding if I think something's a foul or not, because oftentimes, and Jeff says to me all the time, it's like, you have to see if they're actually making a play for the ball. Right. And if they're not, then that's when it's foul. But sometimes I'm like, you're running toward the person with the ball and then you, you know, run into them or you slide or whatever. They fall down. Like, how do you, I, I just, it's hard for me to decide, and not, I don't need to decide. No, you don't have to. That's yeah. why we have but, a but, You're not a decider. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I've been trying to, but then I just gave up because I'm like, there's no point, and it doesn't matter. Even if I, even thought, if you disagree with the ref, that doesn't mean it anything. doesn't change anything. <laughs> so I might as well just not even care. Uh-huh. And so that's what I. But I do, but I do, I, I have noticed my favorite thing in soccer is anytime that they stop the play because of a foul or whatever, like, even if the player was in the wrong, they will still look like, what, 
like lift their hands up in the air like what the hell yeah it can be the most blatant foul and they're just like what me no no absolutely never it's like you literally just tackled him you guys were rolling on the ground i think there's like blood like stop (laughs) get up Mm. let's move on i I do appreciate that i do like that though that's kind of a cool thing about soccer though, right? Even with the players on the field, like they have a plan, they go in with a plan and they have some autonomy throughout the game to like make decisions to adjust as you go. There's some, you know, thought and brain power with that and critical thinking skills on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same goes with refs. Like they have a ton of autonomy to like make a judgment call. Like, did it really affect the the course of play or like, did it not? And, And that's kind of a cool thing, but then it does make it hard if you're a newer fan to be like, I thought that was a foul, but I guess I'm wrong. So you yeah. feel like in some way that you're just, maybe you're crazy and you're not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how I feel sometimes. Speaking so. as someone who refereed a different sport, a lot of it, it, it comes down to just pattern recognition. Yeah. So like, it's not necessarily, I mean, the ref has to make the decision, but they, they build that up over time. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, every single time they look at it, they have to really consider it. They know that it looks like other things before where they've given this card or they've called this foul or mm-hmm. anything else. And that's that's kind of it's it's weird because it's it's gonna be it looks automatic for them because there is almost an automatic process here with the pattern recognition, which mm-hmm. I just think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is is very cool. And I think that's helpful because for me, I would never be able to be a referee because some of those calls can impact the entire game. Like with the handball that happened with Charlotte, Mm -hmm. that call led to a goal on Mm -hmm. our, like for us, because we got the free kick. And so it's like anything that you decide could impact the the rest of the game. Converse of that, if you don't make a decision, that also impacts the rest of the game. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, yeah. I mean, there's no way to not impact the game. That's why I'm saying I couldn't do it. (laughs) I I don't want to be responsible. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. And you have to make the decision so quickly. That would be my, like, I would just want to do more analysis. Like, like, you can't do that. Can you imagine, like, the players are there and you're just like, try- let me think about it for a second. Yeah. Okay. They're like, excuse me. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, that would be me. I'd be like, hold on. Can you guys just sit down, like get some water. I'm going to like think about it for a second. <laughs> Have an orange slice. We'll figure this out. <laughs> Can I phone a friend? <laughs> right. Just, let me call someone. Really quick. I need to see it from every angle. Yeah. That's what I would want to do. I need VAR. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. At 45 minutes on the game on Saturday, Christina left to go out for a second. And I said, well, there's three minutes of stoppage time left. And she said, oh, nothing's going to happen. And she left. We scored a goal. Anyway, if you have any sort of comments, feedback, concerns, or questions, please let us know. Reach out to us on social media or through our email. Thank you.